four guys in a cup. Here are your hosts, the only four guys who survived the Tantalus field. Red, Rusty, Tap, and Nova. Welcome to Four Guys in a Comic. Yeah, this is Red, and I have with me, of course, Rusty and Tap, with our special guest, Ozzy. Hey, Tap, how's Ozzy doing today? <laughs> he's, uh, he's doing all right right now. He's laying by my feet currently. He all was right, barking well, a minute ago, but he's good now. Okay, cool. So, you know, if anybody hears any uh, barking, we know that that's our special guest, Ozzy, in the background. Yeah, there. I usually go on mute as soon as he does, so. So i got to ask you, so where, where do we get the name Ozzy from? Well, his full name is actually Oswald Cobblepot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> gotta love that. You got to love that. Yeah. So, is, is Ozzy the only pet you have right now? No, I have four cats. Um, no. Yeah. Now, did they get comic book names as well? Two of them did. Uh, the first two, uh, we have Blade. He's my he's my vampire kitter, vampire hunter kitty cat. Um, and then we also have uh, my other cat that we got years ago, Storm. From you know X Men fame, and then uh, the other two, my daughter named Tinker and Bell. Okay, do you oh. ever call the cat named Storm Dororo? No, I usually <laughs> I usually call her much worse. Oh man! Oh, she's the, she's the one that like likes to, like run away and run outside and disappear for a day mm-hmm. or two, and yeah. Cool. What about you, Rusty? Any any pets? I do. I have uh, Coco. Coco uh-huh. Chanel, who is my uh, Labrador, and she's great. And then she's a chocolate lab. And it, then I your, have did your girl name that one. It's actually her dog. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just the adopted dad now. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, Coco's great. Coco's been around actually with Reagan since she was a uh, puppy. Um, her parents used to breed labs, so she actually still has Coco's biological mom and bio- one of her biological sisters too. Um, but they stay with her parents. And then um, the dad was actually a longtime uh, dog of their family, too, which they've been breeding him for, I think, like 15 years or something like that. It's kind of crazy. But uh, beyond that, I have my cat who uh, is named Nutter Butter. Nutter okay. Butter. And I call him Nuts when I'm mad at him or whenever he's being sweet. He's Butters. Ah, very cool, very cool. Yeah, we got a yeah. black cat in the house, Boris. 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 Boris, yes, Boris. Boris. <laughs> but, um, hey, so any of our listeners out there, if you have a pet with a nice, good superhero name attached to it, send us a picture and the name, you know. Send us one over on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'd, we'd like to know what you got out there. So I want to see some cute animals. Yes. I have a soft yes. spot for animals. I am going to say that right now. So for all you listeners out there, check us out. Twitter, Four Guys in a Comic. Facebook, Four Guys in a Comic. And our Instagram, Four Guys in a Comic. And if you want to do it musically with them, you know, we're on um, musically at Four Guys in a Comic as well. Let's see those uh, um, picks. But yeah. anyways, getting back to comics. <clears throat> so what do you guys think of some of the great years in comics? I was just curious. I had th- I've been thinking about that all week, and I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of the great years? Like decades or just... Year, a year, like a year. I mean, okay. You know, if, if there's a year that you could pick that you just that stands out in your head, well, um, I know. Okay, you go first. Tom. I was gonna say, well, currently I gotta go with right now, uh, strictly due to rebirth, because um, well, there's a lot of image stuff too that's just phenomenal this year as well. 
Um, but also the new Moon Knight from Marvel is spectacular, so I gotta say right this year. Um, but other than that, if I really want to go back, I'm gonna ha- I don't have a specific year, but I'm gonna have to say probably the mid to late nineties is okay. is is like for me. Th- mm-hmm. That's the time where I grew up, and I was really you know I was like a teenager reading comics. So for me, the mid to late nineties is where it's at. See, I was gonna say the same thing, like. Right now, just because of cinema and everything else, comics mm-hmm. are like at yep. an all-time yes. high. Like, it is. It is, the, it, it is. But secondly, the year that I would say, and money talks, let's just put it that way, but 1992 when comics were at like the all-time peak, we had a Rob Liefeld X-Force number one sell the most copies than any other comic book ever, and then mm-hmm. we had Jim Lee come out with X-Men 1, and that was like, Boom, like it was just like overdone. No one in their life has ever sold that many comic books in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I yeah, mean, you had image take off then. You had I mean yeah. DC, you had Superman dying, you had uh, a new Robin, you had Batman break his back. Yeah. You I mean, all these things were happening I, that were just ridiculous. Uh I mean when you want to talk about shocks and twists, I mean most of the time I think of the early nineties. No, you're right with that. The early 90s did have a lot of shocks and twists on stuff. But you, for me, I also kind of go back to the Silver Age. I love the Silver Age. But in the end, just like you guys currently, I love what's happening in comics these days. Especially, you know, with Image and DC. Marvel, I really can't say too much about that right now. I think Marvel actually is going backwards in some ways. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that. I, I just don't see them going forward and progressing the way they should be. I think a lot of their team books, um, from what I've read and I've heard other people say, are going backwards. But apparently, like I said, the only one I'm really reading right now is Moon Knight. Uh, But from what I've heard from other people, they say that a lot of actually the solo series are still really solid, and it's the team books that are kind of getting all weird and combobulated (laughs) with stuff. Rusty, you would know. That's the thing, too, like with Marvel. I know... I, I know, I'm the bias guy, but either way, let's even talk with Nova. Nova last week talked about how he read uh, Venom Space Night, and he said that he loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. I mean, he said that it was a good read, and he wanted to continue reading it. And, I mean, that's even the same thing with, um, let's say, uh, Tap. You read Extraordinary X-Men. You said you weren't super impressed, but it wasn't horrible, was it? No, no, it wasn't horrible. Like I was more confused than anything at the beginning, and then you yeah. did some explaining, and it made more sense. I mean, it, a lot of it's just like what you know and what what you're into. Um, I, I could even say that Carnage right now, Carnage is a really great series put on by Marvel right now, and it's kind of going off the path. It's not related to a single other comic series in Marvel right now. Uh, I thought that it was going to connect to X-Men 92 some weird way. And it didn't happen. And so it's just one of those ones, I guess, like Moon Knight, where it just doesn't connect to anything. So it's like its own standalone thing. And I think that's the same thing with Flash right now, too, in uh, Space Knight. These comic series in Marvel right now that are standalones not connecting to anything that are not the team books, like you said, are the ones that are just like, oh, wow, this is really great stuff. This is really original. Yeah, I'm behind on Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I need to catch up on that one. Uh, but from what I heard, a lot of people, you know, they said that they're really enjoying Amazing Spider-Man right now as a solo series as well. Yeah. I can't get uh, into it, to tell you the truth. It, it can't really be Dan Slott. I mean, like, I haven't gotten into Amazing Spider-Man really either. 
but I mean, I own most of the issues just because I I wanted to collect it and then read it all at once because I figured it would be really good because Dan Slott's been on it for forever now. Yeah. But I mean, like what I have heard, I doesn't really sound uh, appealing to me. I've read like one or two issues here or there just because there was something that happened in it that connected to something. And I mean, Dan Slott, Spider-Man, I know a lot of people love it. It it just didn't appeal to me, I guess, right now. Uh, but then Dan Slott's on Silver Surfer too, and I love Silver Surfer. So, I mean, maybe it's just what's happening to the characters right now. You're also Possibly. more of a galactic guy too, though. Yeah, fair yeah. Guess. So, I mean, you're yeah. taking, you're comparing Silver Surfer, one of your favorites, and comparing it to Spider-Man, who's not really a galactic character, one that you've mm-hmm. ever really been a diehard about either. So. Yeah, not really your cup of tea. Yeah. Well, that's that's the same thing though. Like growing up, I mean, I was all X-Men, but I mean, then again, Venom, since I was a little kid, was one of my faves, and I had to raid Spider-Man. To mm-hmm. yes. get Venom, that makes sense. so that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, can, I appreciate I can see line some Spider-Man. There. Yeah, I can appreciate some Spider-Man because it brought me stuff that I really wanted, you know. But um, I don't know what it is about Dan Slott, current Spider-Man. Yeah, I've read old Dan Slott Spider-Man stuff, and it's just like wow, you know. And the current Spider-Man stuff, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Well, we've been talking about some of the years that we enjoy in comics, so I figured a, a little fun game for the three for you guys to play. Simple. I got a year in mind in the comic book uh, world. All right, I'm going to throw some clues at you. Just try to figure out what year I'm thinking of. All right. Okay. So here's your first clue. Like All right. Spider-Man it would be sixties. Spider Man and his amazing friends. That would be Spider Man's amazing friends. Some of the other clues would be, for instance, Action Comics number three fifty six, so, Batman one ninety six. I'm confused. So it's not the sixties. Or are you wanting? Like, I don't know a specific year. He wants a specific year. So I mean, that came out in the sixties. I messed okay. up on that. Okay. Because that the Ramones did a cover of that song in the late seventies. Early, I guess it was really early eighties. It was like 82, 83, something like that. Well, but, some of the things that happened in that year, I'm thinking of is Ghost Rider came out. All right, we had Blue Beetle number one. Seventy three. Oh, Seventy. Uh... 73, 74? Oh. Seven. Hey, I got it. I know Ghost Rider is... Uh, I should know I this. thought Ghost Rider was mid-70s or early it, it, 70s. It is, it's 75? Mid, it's, I want to say 77. 77, that's your... That's, all right, some of the best newspaper strips happen to be the best humor strips. Oh, The Peanuts by Charles Schultz. That was the best one that year. The best article of fiction fanzine was Gosh Wow on uh huh. All right. I'm where's my phone? <laughs> We're gonna be here all night otherwise. All right. So I am thinking of the year nineteen sixty seven. Sixty seven. So what? I was right. it was a sixty seven. Yes, nice. 19- Wait, Ghost Rider came out in sixty seven? Yes. Well there's, No there's... way. Really? Yes. I thought he was Bronze Age. No, I'm looking at it right here. November. My, my mind is blown right now. By November, we had issue number seven. Yep. 
Yeah, well, 1967. There's there's a couple different ghostwriters. The one you're thinking of, Rusty, um, Johnny Blaze Ghostwriter was 72. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. The, yeah, I knew the, it was but early. There's the, but there's the original ghostwriter who like he was like all in white and he rode the horse. It's like a Bridge. more of a western yeah. ghostwriter, yeah. spirit, right? Kinda, yeah. He was the spirit, I think, right? Yeah. But some of the other cool things from 1967 uh, would be that in June was the Houston Comic Convention. It was the first Houston-based uh, Comic-Con with 124 attendees. Woo! Yes. That Houston Comic-Con is so big now. Mm-hmm. And now, and then in June 17th and the 18th of 1967, the Detroit Triple Fair had a Comic-Con and with a special guest of honor, Roger Zelensky, with the, and he was presented the first Nova Award. And then on July, we had the Academy Con. And let's see, what else? What are some other notable things? Um, Bob Powell died at age 50. And Mac Rabboy died at age 53. All right, so that was basically 1967 for all you listeners out there. And um, had a little fun this, this last week. I had reached out to our listeners and got an overwhelming response with just a simple little question. All they had to do was... Fill in the blank. Remember when I remember when I posted that uh, earlier in the week? Fill in the I, blank. I do. I yes. Do. Yes. Uh, what was I had put out there for a couple questions, such as um, if I was Superman, I would. I also put out there my comic book store is so small. It fits in my phone. That was one of my favorite yep. answers. <laughs> yep. My comic collection be complete when it has to be. When it blank, and also if I was a comic artist, I would, I would what? So I was just curious. What would you? What were some of the answers that you guys personally had? All right, say that one more time. What was the first okay. question? So my comic book store is so small that I'm not going to. I can't even. As, I'm not going to come up with anything as clever as it fits in my phone. Yeah. Okay. My comic book store is so small. They no longer that sell comics. They don't even get. <laughs> Spawn. <laughs> they don't even get spawn. Well, they don't even of, get spawn. Like I said, we had an overwhelming response from our listeners. Some of the ones that came in for that were, my comic book store is so small that it is in the trunk of some guy's car. Oh. <laughs> my comic book store is so small that all egos are checked at the door. Uh-huh. My comic book store is so small that it can only carry issues of Ant-Man. <laughs> oh. Well played. <laughs> Clever. Yes, that was clever. Uh, let's see. My comic book store is so small that it couldn't contain Rob Liefeld's ego. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, so my comic book store is so small that it uses used to be a set for The Littles. What's The <laughs> Littles? That one the I got littles, lost on. It's uh, the me. little mouse people that like live in the woodwork. It was like an old cartoon from like the 80s, early 90s. Um, I think there's books and stuff based on uh-huh. it too, almost like Clive Barker's Weave World, but like children version. Um, this is another one I like from toe, from our, our toe cutter, Mister Toe here. Oh Our book store is so small that it operates on a taco truck. Oh. <laughs> my comic book store is so small that it makes Red Rooms. Uh, how do I want to put this? His thing look big. <laughs> Oh. oh, Dante, shame. <laughs> Leave it to Dante. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's in the, uh, well, I think we all get the idea. Uh, it's so small, it fits on a spinner rack. 
Uh, so anyways, all you out there listening, keep uh, looking out for some fill-in-the-blanks, and you can get yours mentioned here for you guys in a comic. So, now we're talking a little bit earlier about some of the artists and writers that uh, we enjoy. Uh, you're talking about, uh, what was that? Um, God, what, were you, what were you talking about, Tap? What was the one you're reading again? Uh, what? The one that... I... For uh, Marvel? Oh, Moon Knight. Were you... Moon Knight? Moon Knight, thank you. Why? Yeah, I think Greg Smallwood. That's right. He's yes, right. Yes. All right. So before we're talking a little bit about artists, and uh, you mentioned um, Moon Knight tap. So I know that's a big thing that you really enjoy. That yes. You love your Moon Knight, don't I, you? I do. Yes. Very excited about Moon yeah, Knight. Yeah. So we got Greg Smallwood on the show soon. Yes. So how, how did you? How do we get Greg Smallwood? Um. So I actually met Greg Smallwood about a year and a half ago originally. And he did a couple, uh, it was right before he even started working on Moon Knight, and he did a, uh, I think it was when he had just announced for Moon Knight, and he did a uh, couple of head sketches uh, for my kids um, on free comic book day here at one of my local shops. And so we kind of talked for a minute, and I was like, oh, this is really awesome, thank you very much, and then we kind of went on our way. Well, then I ran into him again um, on free comic book day this year. Um, same place, and he drew some more stuff, and I got to talking with him, told him about the podcast, and um, asked if he would be interested, and he said, you know, most definitely. Um, and then I ran into him again a couple weeks later at uh, Planet uh, Kansas City Planet Comic Con, and we got to talking a little bit again, and uh, so I said, yeah, you know, definitely want to get you on. He said, well, there's some big things coming in October with Moon Knight, uh, which if you're reading Moon Knight, Yes, there's going to be some big things coming in October. So we were like, yeah, let's like let's do this. So got his email, talked to him and uh he should be coming on here very fairly shortly in the next week or two, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for all you listeners out there, stay tuned. We got Greg Smallwood coming on. And he's a super so nice I was kinda... guy. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be fun. So, what is if you guys could get anybody on the show that we think we all can agree on? Who do you think we we would like to have? Joshua Williamson. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say Josh Williamson. I know. I think I know what you're gonna say, Rusty. I think I know what you're gonna say. Oh, I'm not gonna say. Cla- I'm not gonna say Starlin. I'm gonna say Claremont. Chris Claremont. Oh, I, was gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Rob Liefeld. Rob Liefeld would be cool too. I'd be down for some Rob Liefeld. We already got you, Colin Bunn, and uh, Ron Mars, sir. And now Scott Liddell. Scott Liddell. I mean, you're done for a while. That's... (laughs) Would y'all all all not be excited to talk to, like, Chris Claremont? No, I would. You're you're right. Of course, I would. would would, That's one of those names that's just like, ugh. You know what I mean? I just like giving you crap. It's fun. (laughs) <laughs> that so, just means so y'all he, need to get on the game and get some more of y'all's people. I've gotten all these people through Twitter. Y'all can do I it too. I know it. Bun, sir. Oh, I, wait, 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 wait. How bun. many image people have we had on this show? How many? A image bajillion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we can agree that uh, Claremont would be a, a great name to have on the show. Is is he on Twitter? Uh, no, he's on Facebook. I know Rusty and messaging him a handful of times. I have tried like three or four different ways of getting a hold of him, and I just cannot get a hold of the guy. I don't understand how these people like get these interviews. I know a lot of them, which I've seen even recently, are through like just random conventions and signings, and they just kind of put the pressure on them and did it right then and there. 
but I have no idea how to get him for like a podcast or a phone interview or something. I've been trying. I cannot figure it out. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this out there for any of you listeners. See if you can reach out to Claremont to get him on this show. And I'm going to put this challenge straight out to you, Chris. All right. Mr. Claremont, you come on four guys in a comic. We will make a donation to the comic book legal defense fund. That how about that? a good deal. Now, Come on. Of a donation. Well, it, we're, we're, that it's going to do. It's going to depend on how much time you give us. We're, we're, we're working family <laughs> men, so let's be fair. But so, but uh, we got some funds available, and I'll tell you what. Chris, if you can, if you'll come on the show, we will make a contribution to a comic book legal defense fund. Come on, it's it's a worthy cause. We put that challenge straight out to you. So, anyways, I think it's probably time to bring a special guest onto the show. What do you guys say? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do All right. it. Let's uh, bring out the rotary phone and dial someone up. Welcome, folks, to that part of the podcast where we have a special interview. And this week, we've got someone who can tell us a little bit about action, a little bit about uh, being a hero, and a little bit about cats doing it. Um, we have got Kyle, and I'm sorry if I butcher your last name, put Kamer on the show with us. Welcome, Kyle. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Did fine with the name, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Just It was off the top of the dome. Uh, so I'm glad that went well. Um, now, for people who aren't familiar with what I may be talking about, I was mentioning, you know, cats and being heroes and justice in action. Um, you are the writer of Hero Cats uh, over at Action Labs. Um, why don't you, you know, let people know how you got into the industry? Um, give us a little blast, a blast from your past. Fair enough. Uh, Star Wars brought me into comic books back when I was quite young, as I'm sure many have experienced that. Yeah. And um, I like the world building. Uh, I liked the story format, uh, the options that comic books in general gave. And so when it came to uh, my own creative uh, efforts, I started drawing my own comics and soon started retailing comics in my 20s. I've been doing that for about 25 years in Georgia. But uh, my number one goal is to get new readers into comics, uh, serve the, uh, the younger market because I feel like it's underserved. I have two daughters, and uh, there weren't enough comics for them to be reading, so uh, we went and started producing our own. They like cats. Hero Cats came along, and uh, it's done quite well. It's fantastic. Yeah, I see that, uh, I believe, issue 12 dropped just recently. Maybe even be more than that. Um, actually, issue 12 comes out in about two weeks, issue 13 in this month's uh, previous catalog. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're actually working on... Um, like six months ahead. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I was about to ask, is this, uh, is this something you've got planned out for years and years or playing it uh, month to month at this point? Hero cats should live forever. As long as, uh, people, <laughs> as long as people love them, uh, they will never die. So there, there are the cats that you can invite into your home that will, that will live for a long time. I'd be a little concerned... I'd be a little concerned inviting Midnight into my house, but yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think I'd warm up to him and he'd warm up to me. 
Midnight is um, definitely a different kind of a story to be writing. Um, I am currently finishing up the second volume. Uh, the first three issues did quite well, and the second volume uh, is being amped up even more so. My, one of my favorite um, stories is the second issue of the second volume. So there's a boat chase and all kinds of stuff. No spoilers. Very James Bond. So. Oh, awesome, James. Cat James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> now, the one thing that I really like about this series, too, is uh, it's something that you can read with your kids or that your kids can read on their own. It's definitely an all-ages type story. Um, and that's something that's pretty cool, because I have an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old. And uh, so I was kind of showing them the book. We have four cats of our own. Um, two of them I knew about. The other two my wife surprised me with one day. Uh, yeah. But uh, my kids thought it was really cool because one of the cats in the comics is Belle, and we actually have a cat named Belle. Although our cat named Belle actually looks exactly like Midnight, so it's a little bit different. But, uh, yeah, so my kids got a kick out of it. Uh, they really liked the story. They thought it was fun. And it's nice to be able to sit down and read a comic with them that's not too adult or over their head. So for that, I thank you. I, I think it's really cool to have something like that that you know people can sit down with their kids and do. I definitely wanted to do something a little different and unique. Uh, when I first started the project, I didn't know exactly what direction I would be taking it. Uh, I definitely knew that I didn't want the cats to be in costumes or have capes or any of the traditional uh, things that you might expect, like dogs being the villains or anything such as that. Um, so as it develops, the, the other thing I want to make sure is that it definitely appeals to all ages that adults can enjoy it. I'm, I'm writing it for my daughters, but I'm also writing it for myself. And in that, um, I've challenged myself to go places with these characters that I wouldn't normally expect to write about, uh, considering we're talking about house cats. You know, they're, they're literally, a large appeal is that people feel like they can recognize their own cats in many of the characters. Yes, so yeah. I would agree with that. Now, so, what were some of your inspiration for the cats? Do you have uh, cats at home where you uh, use as a, your, uh, basically to build these characters upon? That was something I was going to ask, too. <laughs> your, your cats that you have, how much of your cats are in these cats? Yes. Uh, interestingly enough, they were all fictional cats. Oh, uh, cool. We, we were sitting around. We do Moe's Monday, uh, meeting a bunch of friends, uh, musicians, artists, writers, and, and just creative folks. And... Um, because there was my family, and we started to just come up with the, the, the fictional cat. <clears throat> and, um, of course, uh, as we kind of talked about it, and, and they really grew over time, um, and they really became very real to me as I imagined the individual names and the individual powers. And um, so they were all very much so uh, fictional characters. But uh, one day, when uh, my cat uh, passed away and we needed to, uh, it, we, we mourned for about a year. I was very close to that particular cat. And uh, one evening around the kitchen table, I, I just mentioned that it's time to get another cat. So um, we put it out there that we were looking for one. And uh, a friend of mine uh, brought this cat into the store. And um, we very much so connected with it. We went ahead and brought it home washed it up, and it was this vibrant white. And so we named it Ace, 
and this fictional character became very real to us now, and Ace uh, is often used as a model for the comic book series. So the, the fictional character became definitely a part of our lives uh, as Ace came into our, into our home. So. Very cool. Now, we've been talking HeroCast. How about maybe a quick synopsis of what HeroCast is all about for our listeners who have not had the pleasure to read it yet? Sure. Um, HeroCast of Stellar City is a story about uh, six cats that um, live and protect the city. They do battle with the minions. The villains come along, and anytime, well, actually, anytime you have a hero in a city, which Stellar City, of course, has Galaxy Man and Cosmic Girl, anytime you have a hero, a bunch of villains come along, and those villains bring with them the minions. And these different bad guys uh, do their thing, but the cast have to come along and clean up after them. That was the general concept of the characters, the stories, and the setting. But what I found was that these characters became explorers. They started discovering the world, and uh, the Crow King saga, which was issues 7, 8, and 9, was the most um, challenging of the stories, essentially uh, bringing a character from another dimension in to threaten Stellar City, and the cast actually took that character on. And so it's got all the action and adventure you might imagine of a comic book, but uh, the restrictions of literally having the lead characters being regular cast. That's one thing I've noticed um, as I've read some issues and you know looked at previews for others. It seems like there's a lot of really cool things going on with, with cats. Um, there's the the world tour arc, I believe it's called, where you know they go to a jungle, they're <laughs> they're flying planes, crazy stuffs going on. And um, you think about it, and it's got an underlying humor in that sense too, just because it is at the end of the day cats doing this stuff, um, which I which I which I thought was great. Yeah. What I've found is that these characters, I can take them anywhere, I can do anything with them, because in my mind they're now so well-defined. Um, I've been able to work with a number of different artists at this stage, and uh, the artist very much so uh, leads me to where I want to go with the stories. Uh, when I met Alex Ogle specifically, I saw his art and I said, okay, we have to do a midnight uh, miniseries. And he really delivered on that. Uh, and very, very pleased with how that story came along. Uh, but as I'm meeting these different artists, like our current one uh, is issue 13. It's the hero cast of the apocalypse. So it's everything you might imagine. It's Ace, the last cat on Earth. It's, it's basically coming out in October. It is the uh, Halloween special, and much like the Simpsons have, have their Halloween special. Treehouse of Horror type of style? Yeah, it, it, it's, um, that phase style is going to be very uh, different from what we've seen before, but it matches the story very nicely. I'm very proud of how that issue turned out. It, it spun out of uh, the Halloween Comic Fest book, which we were fortunate enough to move about. Also, um, I think it was 80,000 copies of that. Um, so it was a, a well-received book. And um, the Halloween Comic Fest is one of my favorites to write. It's only 10 pages long, but it's, uh, imagine the hero cats as what if they were all monsters. And so I was able to actually expand on that for the uh, 13th issue, which is coming up. 
I do try to make each of these to be standalone issues that anyone can pick up just one issue and read it and enjoy it. Uh, we have had a lot of readers and fans say they want longer, larger story arcs. So we do um, have another one coming up called uh, Hero Casted Sky World, where we will actually uh, follow up with Bandit and a few other things, but that's quite a, quite a ways in the future. Um, planning these story arcs out and these issues really is based on artist schedules and what, what the fans are looking for. So what's a little bit more about your your background, your history? Like, I believe, if I remember correctly or read correctly, you um, also own a comic book store. Is that correct? Yes. Um, back in 1991, uh, I opened up Galactic Quest, and it has grown to be one of the better stores in Gwinnett County. Um, I've got two fantastic managers there, uh, Jamie Jones and Sean Taylor, and they've been very supportive as I go out to a lot of these conventions and do a lot of the shows to, we, we just went out to CatCon LA, and that was an amazing experience. Uh, but they, they do a wonderful job of taking care of the comic shops as um, the Hero Cats project continues to grow. Uh, I mentioned CatCon LA, and one of our big things is making new comic readers. Uh, everybody that went out to the show had a wonderful time. Most of them weren't comic readers, and there was only like one other comic retailer there. So we were able to uh, turn a lot of folks on to comic books, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I was able to bring the whole family out. Um, we're going to be going to Baltimore. Um, I'll be meeting with the retailers there for a retailer summit, and uh, then New York. Um, so it's, and we got two children's book festivals coming up, Savannah Children's Book Festival and Columbus uh, Children's Book Festival. So, um, the retail end of it, I'm familiar with the challenges that retailers have, and we try to assist them with interesting new product to sell. So uh, do you have any other projects in the works besides HeroCast currently? Well, um, I am tinkering with the idea of uh, expanding. The concept is that it's a shared universe. Uh, we have Galaxy Man uh, being illustrated by Tracy Yardley, the artist of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, he's got the two issues completed. His third issue is in the works. And as that is uh, completed, we'll be releasing that along with uh, Midnight Volume 2. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next phase, which is a little bit early to be talking about, but it's looking like uh, hero bots of, the Stella, of Stella City. Uh, mm. So they'd be robots that we're introducing throughout the Hero Cats uh, series that are going to come together and become heroes. It's, it's all basically a shared universe based out of Stellar City. Mm -hmm. So, being published through Action Lab Comics, are the Hero Cats, Cosmic Girl, Galaxy Man, are they also all a part of um, the Action Lab universe? So, like, is there ever a chance of seeing them interact with, like, the Stray or, you know, anything like that? Yeah, yes. Um, I've actually spoken to a number of the other co-creators and so forth, and uh, I'd really like to do a Cosmic Girl, uh, Molly Danger crossover. Um as each of these projects continue to uh, grow and as Action Lab grows, uh, I'm very much so open to it. Uh, the biggest challenge has been just to uh, stay on schedule. Fortunately, uh, I, I tackle basically producing about five books at the same time, and 
that helps me get caught up. As I get ahead of schedule, then I'll be able to start uh, taking on some, some other projects and such. But I, I definitely am open to doing a crossover. That's the reason why we, we were part of Actionverse. Mm -hmm. uh, Hero Cat's a little bit more challenging to do that. Um, Cosmic Realm Galaxy Man has a little bit more potential. Although Action Lab, uh, the comic book, uh, specifically Action Lab Dog of Wonder, you know, they're, they're developing that and it's coming out and as that goes, um, we may end up seeing something. So that seems It's exciting. all in the works. Cool, cool. Look forward to seeing that. So, Action versus crisis. <clears throat> yeah, right. So, you know, as I was reading through uh, the Origins issue, the one for uh, Comixology on the Unlimited, mm -hmm. um, I definitely, you know, throughout it noticed all the little subtle things to where you could see uh, Galaxy Man in the background and all. And I thought that was cool just to tie that in. But, like, reading through even just the first issue, I thought in my head that, you know, I could see this being, like, an animated show, too. I could uh, see the possibility of it being, like, a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes, we are, of course, open to that. Um, just to put it in perspective, uh, this is a project that I self-published uh, a zero issue, and we went to HeroesCon uh, one year, and I, I made a good bit of my money back, and then the next year, uh, we didn't have any new product, and we did even better, uh, even though we didn't have any new product. And so I knew that I was on to something, and uh, when, we, when we signed with Action Lab, they were still, um, you know, the company's only five years old at this point, which is, is good, but um, we're, we're growing by leaps and bounds. And um, hopefully Hero Cats will uh, become animated at some point. Uh, we're definitely interested in that. Um, early on, I did have some interest in, in some video game type of things, but it was quite honestly a little bit too early to know exactly what the book and the stories and the characters were going to grow into. Uh, now that I have a, a good understanding of what the universe is all about, uh, I'd be very interested in expanding it. Um, but at this stage, it's, it's just really getting those additional fans, the following on Facebook, uh, the, the, the social media and uh, building the, the fan base through the conventions. As that continues to develop, uh, we certainly hope to uh, essentially, I plan on doing HeroCast for the rest of my life as long as the fan base uh, supports that. And um, I'm confident that I've got plenty of great stories in me. Uh, I've been reading stories all my life, so it's, it's really a lot of fun actually telling and I appreciate, Rusty, the fact that you are picking up on those, those um, subtle little things that I was doing because there were definitely a lot of parts that I wasn't sure if people would kind of get uh, where I was going. With. I never wrote a comic series before. And right. so when the, the five-star reviews started coming in, when the, the positive reviews started coming in, it was very encouraging to see that people were connecting with this. Um, you mentioned about my stores. The wonderful thing is to have those returning customers asking when the next issue is coming out. Because, as many of you know, a lot of people that want to create comics, it's a challenge to, to get those returning customers. 
um, once you, you get those first few books out, you're like, okay, I, you know, that that goal has been completed or such. But to actually know that um, there may be a, a generation of kids that grow up on HeroCast, hopefully it becomes their Teenage Mutant Turtles or, or, or their Star Wars or whatever, they, you know, childhood uh, um, memories. That's the cool thing, is that there's these kids that are growing up reading with these characters and connecting, and it, it may become a part of their childhood, and that's quite an honor. We're going to try our best to, to deliver on every front. So, so hmm. speaking of childhood memories and characters that you grew up with, what was your uh, childhood hero, I guess you could say? Wow, well, um, my favorite artist was Michael Golden growing up, and... Um, he did a Star Wars issue, he did the Micronauts, and his art was so far ahead and was so beautiful. And so when I actually got a chance to meet him at a show and have him draw some of my characters, uh, and actually he put uh, Cosmic Girl in one of his uh, art books, uh, which was pretty cool. So um, that, was, that was definitely a, a neat thing. I have met a lot of very talented artists over the years, and they've drawn Galaxy Man. As a matter of fact, in issue five, we published a lot of that artwork. And um, so I, I just really admire the talent that's out there, the, the artists that uh, can just bring this stuff to life. So that's, that's, really, that's really what um, fascinated me about the comics, was the art. Uh, especially with, with doing so much art growing up. So it, it was a real inspiration. Very cool. So I, I was curious, so when Kyle is not working on Hero Cats, what are you doing? Um, I actually, I do wear multiple hats, for sure. Um, uh, as a retailer, I manage my uh, employees. Uh, I also teach how to draw classes at libraries throughout Georgia. We've done about 300 presentations there, and um, we've even started branching out to other states. Uh, the retail end of things, very much so, um, has been good to my family. We are convention uh, supporters as far as um, card gaming. We do a lot of card gaming. Uh, for MomoCon, we've done card gaming for DragonCon, and um, that industry has been quite good to us. So uh, I'm very blessed and fortunate to be able to wake up in the morning and uh, drive a Spider-Man car, <laughs> do, do some crazy stuff, uh, pursue that creative um, spark. Uh, for the past, I would say, three years now, um, it's becoming more and more about producing the Hero Cat comics and the Stellar City world, and, and I've lost track of how many comic conventions I've gone to this in the past year, year and a half, um, but they're they're an awesome party, and we're, we're really looking forward to going back to New York because that's a big party. Yeah, it is. Very cool. So, what does your uh, con convention schedule look like this year? Are there? Uh, you know, where could we find you if you yes. came? Yeah, we want to know how to get a hold of you, how to see it. All right. So we're going to be going to Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, we usually do C2E2, New York and Baltimore. Uh, we did DragonCon last year. This year, unfortunately, we are going to have to miss DragonCon because it's the same weekend as Baltimore. Uh, but um, Alex Ogle uh, does a lot of shows also. And our, our 
convention schedule is actually listed on herocastonline.com and it's updated regularly. Uh, we have to plan those conventions out quite, quite a number of months in advance. So um, we, we've backed off just a little bit uh, on you know, our, our schedule there just to, to get a little bit of a breather, but I'm sure we'll be back to it um, middle of next summer with some new shows. It'll be my first time out to Emerald City uh, and my manager, Jamie, actually went out there for a Valkyrie's meeting, and, and she's got family out there. So we're building our crew. We're, we're definitely, uh, I employ somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 artists, and um, as each of these artists comes on board, we kind of connect them and, and um, work together to, to build the project. So we'll be getting out there quite a bit. Uh, it's all going to be on HeroCastsOnline.com. Very cool. If I can throw out a con for next year, potentially, um, I know you're in Georgia, so it's a little bit of a drive, but there's an amazing convention in Kansas City um, called Kansas City Planet Comic Con. It, it happens every May. It's a good time. It's a huge, it's a big convention. It's, it's up there, especially for Midwest. So if you're, you know, looking for a new uh, convention to go to, I, I recommend that one. Any convention that um, reaches out to us, any convention that invites us, uh, that becomes a priority for mm -hmm. sure. Um, you know, free comic book day is in May, so as long as it's not the first week of May, um, it, it, if they reached out to us, we definitely uh, would be happy to put it on the calendar uh, as long as it fits in there. Um, it's really about um, you know how how far of a, a drive or uh, how far of an airplane drive. But we've been close to coast. I mean, Portland, we went to Portland Wizard World and did really well. And uh, so we've been from coast to coast in the past year. Mm -hmm. And I fully intend to continue to, to get out to as many new shows as I can. Well, we got one in Hampton coming up in, here in Virginia on October 15th. So <laughs> October 15th. Yes. That'll be at the, the Hampton Roads Convention Center out here in Virginia. So... That gets a lot of uh, people. I have, I have <laughs> made notes. <laughs> yes, awesome. I love shows. I mean, I'm sure you yes. guys go to a lot of conventions yourselves, and oh yes, I'm sure you have a blast. It's, it's a great. Um, there's nothing like sitting behind a table, being able to tell something, tell stories that you're passionate about, meeting new folks, see all the costumes, and. Um, just to be able to see the fan support that's been there has been wonderful. Absolutely. Um, now, you are a comic book store owner, and I was just wondering, what uh, what what it is you're reading now? What is uh, in your in your pull box that is probably whatever comes in? But uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying I'm enjoying a number of the uh, DC Rebirth titles. Yes. Are we all? See how um, Marvel's younger stories their their whole approaches is a lot of people talk about Marvel where you know nothing ever changes and nobody ever dies well there's a lot of changes coming up and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but my favorite character is Silver Surfer I've followed Silver Surfer oh. from the beginning oh hey uh, you just made magic today. word I lost, <laughs> I, I lost it when Thanos made his first appearance at the end of the Avengers like that um, and 
Uh, of course, I'm a Star Wars fan. I've read all the Star Wars comics, got all the Star Wars comics. But I'm actually um, old school on certain things. Uh, I love Terry Moore's Stranger in Paradise and Rachel Rising. I love uh, Frank Miller's earlier stuff. Um, I love uh, David Mack's Kabuki run. Um, these guys really told stories with art in ways that I've never seen before. And so I appreciate the, that groundbreaking um, graphic novels and stories that they put together. So I got to ask, just because I'm still on this kind of a, a rebirth high, if you will, have you read Batman number five yet? I have not. Oh, okay. I, then I won't say I won't. anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my managers at the store, they read everything, and I, I barely keep up with them because the schedule has become um, quite uh, full. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm looking forward to um, taking a, a little bit of time with the family and a little bit of time uh, this holiday season. Uh, we don't have too many conventions scheduled, so. but I'm sure next, next year, the, the schedule will, will fill up again. So, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get my holiday reading in soon enough. All right, well, there Batman number five, strong, strong, strong recommendation. Excellent. I shall check it. I'm actually in the shop tomorrow. I'll, I'll read it right away. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Red, do you have anything left? I, I covered everything on my end. I think do pretty well here today okay awesome well kyle we appreciate you coming on the show today i mean it's been an honor to have you on thank you so much for uh helping us get the word out as the project grows uh, we just appreciate every fan uh we do keep the facebook page updated regularly my wife cynthia uh, does a wonderful job of posting daily um uh, photos of, of the project and, and updates and such uh make sure that uh you stop in at your local comic shop and order them from your local comic shop pre-order. Uh, unfortunately, most of the issues, issues one through seven or eight, are currently sold out uh, through the distributor, but uh, all the graphic novels are still available. Uh, we currently have four graphic novels, uh, three of the Hero Cat series and one of the Midnight. Uh, we will have plenty more uh, graphic novels, and so whether it be the single issues of the graphic novels, we just appreciate uh, uh, the readers and the fans and um, and the support of the comic shops out there. We, If there's any comic book stores out there that uh, are looking for any support, posters, signed material, original artwork, anything like that, they're free to contact me at kyle.galacticquest.com, or I'll see them in Baltimore if they get out to there. Um, we just appreciate the uh, all the fans. We're all out of dilithium crystals, Captain. We've come to the end of another show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Four Guys in a Comic podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We want to hear from you. What's your favorite comic character deck? Call us at 682-422-6642. That's 682-4-A-Comic and tell us all about it. Until our next adventure, stay awesome, everyone.